D. P. P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Hello to everybody except for Alexander Edler, who uh, has never done anything wrong in his life. Never, never. I learned uh, that last night. I, I have never seen a more pointless hockey player in a more pointless game do something so stupid. Listen, Vancouver can have the win. I know Adam does. They can have the point back. Calling Edler a pointless hockey player is a little absurd. He's pointless. Okay. He he leads uh, the Canucks in every defenseman's stat for their franchise history. Doesn't matter. He's stupid. So... History. <laughs> like franchise history. Stay away from me with historic. your facts. Miss me with your facts, Jesse. Okay. To, to quote Mike Rupp, you're, you're irrelevant out here. Oh, just the no, worst. There's a, there's a reason Edler's making what Edler's making. It might be the last year of his deal, but the guy was pretty, pretty flippant important. Um, but also is known for certain things. And uh, like okay. being nice. Yeah. Being Occasionally soft-spoken. He, he uh, gets a knee out and it's a bummer. It's such a bummer to see that happen. And obviously it was so funny going into the, the game yesterday because there, there were so, so many mixed feelings and it just felt like the Leafs were going to lose. Like anytime oh, yeah. another oh, team yeah. has some sort of um, something on the line, the Leafs go, you know what? We're just going to give it to you. Uh, it's shocking. It, they lose every game where there's like an emotional win for the other side of the team. And, like, and I don't know why that is. It just seems to be a franchise thing. Not just I this do. iteration, every iteration. I know why. Why? Um, and it's related to a topic that we're going to discuss later in the show. The big soccer hubbub, the hullabaloo. <laughs> um, did you see Gary Neville? Sky Sports. He was angrily talking about all these teams breaking off and doing their own Champions League, which we'll talk about later. And he referred to them as bottle merchants. Bottle merchants. And I was just like, that's exactly the sort of British nonsense I would expect to hear what in a conversation mean? about that. Well, so I I saw an article, and it was basically just full of people like myself going, What, Mr. Neville, is a bottle merchant? Mm-hmm. So, with some football fans searching for a meaning behind Gary Neville's term, others came to the rescue. One Twitter user explained, a bottle, a bottle merchant is a coward. Someone who talks the talk but doesn't walk the walk. Another example followed. It's usually used to describe a team who regularly can't handle high-pressure matches, oh. who gets themselves into a position of winning something, but then screws up. Oh. Mm. Mm-mm. Yep, that's you. Honor, pride, courage, bottle merchant. I'm gonna have to have Jesse explain the the whole the the, the super league thing later on in the show because I think we need to discuss it. But in the meantime, Alex Bottle Merchant Edler, you can <laughs> you can go to heck, sir. I am bummed about Zach Hyman, but you know, like I see that I see what Edler did, and I don't actually think. Like it was one of those where it was blatant, but it wasn't like wasn't the most egregious thing I've ever seen in my life. Does that I make liked sense? I liked Bieksa's explanation in the intermission there because he said that no NHL player would intentionally try and knee someone because you don't know the impact of the knee that's going to happen to yourself. Like it can you don't know who's going to get the worst of that knee collision, so it could be yourself. So you wouldn't want to go out and just knee somebody. I'm not buying it fully because I, I seen hockey players try and do it intentionally, get a slew foot in there, but it makes sense that you wouldn't try and just hit somebody with your knee. Cause it could be worse for you. Well, and so this, this is, I, I, I don't care if I get heat for this. I don't give a shit. Um, what, what, what am I going to get? 
like benefit of the doubt from Canucks fans, get out of here. Um, <laughs> listen, it's it is a danger to play a team that hasn't played in a month. Now, not for losing, the Leafs should have won. Let's start there and say that right off the hop. Playing a team that hasn't played in a month, you are in danger. You're putting yourself into a vulnerable position because they're going to do sloppy, stupid nonsense like that. Hmm. Oh, he was at the end of a long shift. I don't know what to tell you. You're in the NHL game, played on an NHL ice surface. The game had begun and you were on the roster. You didn't have to be. Um, and you stuck your knee out and took out a very important player. I don't know what to tell you. So like, even if there's no intention, having a player that out of practice and that sloppy, it, it's a danger to the players on the other team. And he injured Zach Hyman as a result. And how bad? Do we know anything yet? No, supposedly Dreger, supposedly Dreger said it's probably, or it doesn't seem like uh, it's as bad as it looked. Good. But that is the knee that Hyman had surgery on mm-hmm. um, that kept him out for the beginning of last season. Well, and the logical thing to do then in the playoffs is to start him on every penalty kill shift as the centerman, don't you think? <sighs> Whoever we play. I think that's there, what we should do. I love how there are so many examples of Babcock's utter shitheadery that come up on a daily basis <laughs> to get mad at. Every Zach time Hyman Marner sets up Matthews. Let's go head-to-head with Patrice Bergeron in the face-off dot. Anything to do with Hyman's knee, uh, anything to do with Spezza, just just get out of here. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Now, now, uh, with all due respect to Vancouver Canucks fans, pretty great win. If you're a fan of the Canucks and if your dressing room, uh, if your dressing room is somewhat maybe a little out of sync, which there have been a few suggestions that maybe the Canucks dressing room is, uh, boy, does this ever reunite your team? This is a mm-hmm. this is a win you can build around. And even even if they don't make the playoffs, which it doesn't look like they will, one thing that they'll always look back on is this game, and they'll build on this game going into training yeah. camp next season. It's something that Bo, if I'm Bo Horvat, I'm like, this is this this proves that we can do it. Absolutely. And all we need to do is execute. And I apologize for my snide Canucks fans comment. It's just the trolls. Canucks fan trolls have energy unmatched by any other fan base. Are you sure? And I think I think it has to do with yeah, oh yeah, just the trolls. I think it has something to do with the time zones because Mm. they have the energy. They'll go late into the night, and then it dies for a little bit. And then what happens around ten or eleven Eastern is they all wake up and they go right back at it, (laughs) right back at it. I was my mentions were still flooded this morning, and I'm like, do anything but what you're doing. Drink some water, fold your clothes. Good Lord. Live yeah. a life. Yep. Anyway, yep. yes, very inspiring win <laughs> by the Canucks. And it was amazing that Bo Horvat was the one who scored the goal. Uh, the captain, it's just a little bit too perfect, oh. don't you think? A little too Disney movie. Yeah. I think we should, uh, the Leafs fans who are calling it a David Ayer's like, loss yesterday, like that's a little aggressive. We need to save no. save the pants pooping for games that actually matter. Well, you no, know? yeah. <laughs> like this this wasn't the time to have the meltdown. The team is ten four and one in the last fifteen games, and I think they're second in expected goals for in the entire league. The, and they the they, they dominated. The yeah, they but they dominated last night in every single advanced metric, and they got they got uh, beat by a really hot goalie. They got a goal taken back. Like it was, it wasn't a bad game. 
and you walk away with a point. They play a yeah, lot of good and, goalies. And it's, it's, Man, you know this team plays a lot of good goalies. It's entirely a lot of really good possible. goalies in this league. You know what's good is in the playoffs, all the goalies suck. <laughs> I think it's entirely possible that one team walks away and goes, okay, it was a loss. The other team goes, that was our motion, most emotional victory of the yeah. season. It's entirely possible that both teams do not have equal and opposite reactions to that. Why and you know, what did Austin Matthews have? Well, did tw- Austin Matthews had 12 slot chances last night? Yeah. He was like, real good. He what are the great. chances? What are the chances that, that that happens in a game and he doesn't score three? A hundred percent that it happens to the Leafs, though. Well, okay. that's, that's I, not true. Stop talking numbers <laughs> with the Leafs. Stop talking numbers with the Leafs. They don't apply. <laughs> they do not apply. Yeah, but you, do, you don't give up three goal leads in the third period of a game seven. You don't lose to an e-bug. You don't lose to a team after out shooting them and they haven't played for a month. Yes, yes, and yes. It's the Leafs. It, Always. Steve, you can't. We can't have a conversation about the game if you're not going to be rational about it. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't called the Rational Guy Podcast, then, is it? <laughs> God. Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was. I just think, I just think with there's like what? How many games we got to the playoffs? Ten games? Ten games Too to the many. Playoff? playoffs? It's just this wasn't the one where it's like, ah, let's get all mad about it. Let's get so mad when, when, when they lose in the playoffs. When will it be? When when the games actually matter, not the they go zero and thirteen before the playoffs. You're not mad. Yeah, the, they well, yeah, but like, you're making up a scenario where it would be reasonable to get mad. Yeah, right, get mad. Then. So there's one. This so what's the it. bar? All right, they go one and twelve. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, all right, no, they go two count, and ten. Keep counting. How many Steve. wins do you okay. need? <laughs> what? You know, what? No, but but ten four and one isn't enough to be happy. I oh. think I think it is more than enough. As a, I've had this conversation with many people. As a person who cares, I can't fathom not. Yeah. So I don't understand. I don't understand people who don't care about well, things. Do you die? On, are you gonna die on every hill? Like, are you, you know, we're like dying on every regular season game. We <laughs> care. We care. But dude, this like, wasn't every regular season game. It was a game against a team that hadn't played since March twenty fourth. And Brayden oh. Holby stood on his head. They got yeah. their emotional victory, and it means nothing to Toronto. Like, yeah. like I don't mean everything to forgotten. them, and nothing to us. Steve, if we win tomorrow night, this will be forgotten. Uh, I think that game's yeah. tomorrow night, isn't it? Tomorrow night? Uh, yes. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, so the postponed game's tomorrow night. It was supposed to be tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, I, I got to learn time travel then. I got to let you listen. You want me to do a video after every game? You got to accept that I'm going to react to every game. All right? <laughs> so I'll react to the next one when it happens. But this one was embarrassing. You can't tell me it's not it embarrassing. I, I don't I, think it's I, David Ayer's embarrassing, but it's embarrassing. It's not it's David Ayer's embarrassing, embarrassing, but I also don't think, and it, even like Keith Olbermann like commented on the game and it's like, okay, Keith. He was too uh, aggressive and he yeah, needs to get well, off my lawn. Okay, was it an amazing win for the Canucks? Yeah, oh, without question. Yeah. Was it an inspiring win for the Canucks? Sure. Yeah. Why? Because they had just had COVID and they were off for two weeks. Yeah. Cool, you should beat them. No, I agree. They're, they're, Steve. They're prof- but they're professional players. They're going yeah. out and they're trying to win too. I, like, I the agree. team isn't rolling. Who are the over. Leafs then? The, Some beer league team. The team That's, isn't rolling over. Just because he's saying one team's professional does not mean he's not saying the other team's professional. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. <laughs> this isn't a reasonable conversation. <laughs> I think. I think the <laughs> Steve. I think the thing is. <laughs> I think the thing is, if if I were to take the media, the the middle road between the two of you here. It's possible for the Canucks and their fans to be inspired and, and wowed by the Canucks victory. It's also possible for Leaf fans to look at this constructively and go, should have had that one. We got one out of two points. Let's move on. 
Yeah, I'm not even like, saying really. I'm not even saying the game was meaningless. I'm saying like, yeah, okay, we should have won a game and let's let's go get the next one. Oh, get so off can... my front step with your clipboard. I'm not converting. <laughs> I guess he's talking about uh, you knocking on his door and trying to convince him that the Leafs losing last night isn't the end of the season. Yeah. So nope. what? So what? What is? <laughs> Steve, what is converting. your? What is your reaction to the game? Is the the Leafs have no hope? Like I don't understand. Listen, I understand that they outshot them and they outchanced them, and they were the better team. All right, but you're you're. I'm investing in this team's playoff hopes, right? And mm-hmm. people are like, Myrtle said something that just made me laugh so hard. He's like, you know what? There's no reason to panic. And he posts some numbers and people are posting, like he, he posted their nine, three and three in their last 15. Like they haven't lost four straight. Oh, is it like nine, I'm, three, oh, three? Sorry. I got yeah. That here, let me, let me just ignore that. They've lost four straight. Okay. If it's relevant that they're nine, three and three in their last 15, then it's relevant that they're, they've lost four straight. No, because one is a larger sample size. So both can be relevant. You know, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Proportions. Yeah. So yes, they were good. Now they're bad. Like, Okay, like how how do we how do we separate it then? How how should we separate it? So I'm just supposed to ignore the last four games. And he goes, now the one concern might be goaltending, but that's it. And I'm like, the most important thing, the most important thing. And Campbell overnight looks small in the net. Pucks are going through him. Like I guess it's just regression. I guess it like what is his record since we had the Vesna conversation? This is all Greg Wyshynski's fault. <laughs> He put this all, he put the, he put the voodoo on, on Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. That's what Greg was like, He's won one game since I talked to him and he allowed five goals in that game. This is my yeah. fault. It might be like one, two, and one, like or one, three, and one. It's not that bad. <laughs> I, you know what? You, you guys are right. And I'm, I, I'm no, so sorry. This is between no, the two. I'm of you. so I, sorry no. for, I want to personally apologize to the Leafs for having expectations and um expecting more out of them you know they because what i should have done i'm sorry i'm so sorry i should have looked at their first place record and gone "Ah, it's bad actually (laughs) it's bad actually and they're they should expect to get goalied a lot yeah no, it's bad. No, but you do get goalie though. You do. Yeah, and they've you do they they've won a lot of games this season. Yeah, it's is like, possible. <laughs> is lost it possible their last four. Holby kicked ass last night. He did. He was amazing against the Leafs. It, Dave Riddick, Leaf killer, and uh, who, who the 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 Joey Decord, Leaf killer. It's a lot of Leaf killers in the North. Adam, you keep you Connor Hallebuck, Leaf Killer. Me. You keep Mike Smith, me. Leaf Killer. Adam, you They're keep siding me. Hold on, Steve. You keep siding me on the opposite end of Steve, but I don't think I'm there. I think I'm more just kind of, hey, they lost, but it's not the end of the world. You know? It's not. It's not. I, again, Which I think they is win tomorrow reasonable. night. Here's the thing. They win tomorrow night. They take three or four from the Canucks. Three or four points they possibly could get. Then who cares? So go win the game and do it for Zach Lloyd. Hyman and go win. That's it. Friggin' time machine. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I just, I don't, I don't get, I don't, like, Steve, you represent Adam. an enormous amount of the Leafs fan base. And so I understand the point of view that you're coming from. My, my, and I think Jesse's point here um, uh, is that I don't know if it matters that much. 
if it really matters that much. It matters to the Canucks. I don't think it matters to the Leafs. I don't think it matters. You I'm encouraging games? everyone who thinks that not to watch the next game. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, because it doesn't matter. Oh, come on. Oh, come on, what? That's what it, you it said, It doesn't Adam. matter. You know, that's what, oh, come on, what? No, Steve said the, 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 you said the games don't matter. Oh, come what on, I mean, what? Is it and when we're allowed picture. back in the building, don't you dare stand for a goal. And shut up. I'm trying to listen to the sounds of the game. I love to hear the sounds of the skates cutting into the ice. I love to hear the ping off the bar. I hate when people go, oh, when the ping's off the bar. Stop interrupting the ambience. Oh, I don't get people who don't care. I wish I was more like you, but I really wish you were a little bit more like me. I do oh. care. I do care. I just think in the in a 56 game season, you're gonna have a couple stinkers, and and number one or not, like you're gonna stink sometimes. Like it that happens, and they still walked away with a point. Good. Also, what, they they didn't, go, what does the point matter? They didn't even stink. They outplayed the others. Yeah, like you're gonna it lost. Happens. Like this is this is like we've been following this forever. Like this happens. The, the expectation that regularly. your favorite team is gonna go 56 and 0 is unreasonable. Okay, Especially they've lost really this. Thin. They've lost this though. They've lost this. Uh they were the better team against Boston. Lost the series. No, no, you're they not. They had this you're, ridiculous no, da, da, ba, da. They had this ridiculous <laughs> shooting percentage against Columbus. Okay. Oh, Steve. how many more times? You can't. This, this isn't that. I sure can. This Let's game. This, this what, game isn't that. This game isn't the the playoffs. Those are different portions of a hockey season. Mm-hmm. Some games mean more than other games. I don't. And they're gonna be fine. We'll see. We don't. We don't know that. We will see. So in the meantime, <laughs> any sports show today going uh-huh. eh, is not doing their job. Fire what them and get mean? a new show. Okay. Oh, so you want us to fake overreact? <laughs> no. <laughs> I want you to care naturally, like I do. Yeah. You know what? The Leafs have lost everything. it. <laughs> We're we're trying to put this in perspective. Oh, perspective is important here. The Leafs have the best goal differential in the division. They've got the high, like second highest expected goals in the league. They had, you know, Jack Campbell wasn't at his best last night. Let's be honest. Brayden Holpe no. was was Stanley Cup form Washington Capitals 2017. Brayden Holpe, which I'm sure the Canucks are like thrilled about. Like, got to be thrilled because of course, if, if him and Demko can can do that regularly, holy smokes, that's a great goaltending tandem. I just think. You know, ultimately, and and we'll we'll move on from this debate because obviously it's very passionate. If the Leafs take, even if the Leafs don't win the next game, it's sort of like, okay, I I think at this point, forty seven. I think we're pretty clear on what the Leafs are, and that's a forty six. Not that it matters. It's a damn good. No, the next one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. We're clear on what the Leafs are. They're a damn good hockey team. Um, yes, I understand the playoffs are smaller sample sizes, but based on some of the wins the Leafs have had this year, not too, too concerned about it. The Leafs have beaten the Canucks this year. They've beaten up on every team in the division. The Senators have beaten three times. I think that bothers me more than the Canucks winning last night. That's, that's where I'm at with this. Because at least the Senators don't have the talent. The Canucks do. Just, just for your, also the Leafs lost four straight. They're, they're 0-2-2. They have there's two OT losses in there. Just, oh, so, they've just so we have the numbers right before people four game winless streak. Yeah, yeah. not to be confused with a losing streak. Well, so I'm glad they picked six, up a point in 2013. Six, two and two in their last ten. <laughs> Steve, at least they picked up a point. <laughs> yeah, no, all right, all right, the end right. of the season, guys. So so let's get into who wore the crown. Jesse, who's it brought to you by? 
All right. So uh, this gentleman, I'm going to give him the initial R because that's his his uh, name on Twitter. Just R dot. R dot. All right. R dot. And we have a little message here. I'm always uh, amazed by short ats. Like, mm-hmm. what are the odds you'd be able to get that? No, that's yeah, not his at. That's the oh. name. Like, oh, you know, okay. you write your name in on Twitter. Yeah. 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 So. He says, I became a Leafs fan this year. I still don't really understand the strategy of the game, but it is getting me getting a bit clearer for me. I found your guys' podcast from the interview you had with Edge. You guys mm. make hockey fun and easy to understand oh. for a novice like me. Living in the Bay Area, hockey isn't a huge sport. Yes, we have the Sharks, but I never connected with them. With having to work from home for over a year in this panoramic, having something to look forward to that brings me joy like the Leafs has been a bright spot for my mental health. Thank you, guys for making the least fun and you guys help me grow, help grow a new fan. So there you go, Adam, if you could take a liner off of that. Well, I can, I think I can do that, Jesse. And listen, RDOT, we want to, we want to say shout out. Thank you so much for joining the community. It's a strong, fun, eight years running community of fanatics uh, that follow hockey. It's not just Lee fans here. So thanks so much for, for listening. And listen, anytime you want to truly be a fanatic, make sure you take a page out of Steve's book. Why not? Why get upset not? about a loss that's really inconsequential along long and short of things. But hey, <laughs> I wonder, okay, okay. I, 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 think, I think after the segment's done, I think we need to, I think we need to re- discuss something. There was a point Steve made in there about caring that I want to get to because I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a certain amount of differentiation on what we consider caring. So we'll get into that. In a little bit. First, though, I would like one of you two to give a crown. So which one? Who wants it? I'll step up to the plate. All right. My crown today goes to William Nylander. First game back. (laughs) Snipes it. Mm. Unbelievable. He looked great, by the way. He looked awesome. Uh, I think his um, expected goals was like 84%, which is, you know, about expected goals is a ridiculous number. You Uh, you realize how much the team misses on me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so when everybody was talking about, hey, that second line with Tavares and whoever's fill-ins are doesn't look as good without William Nylander, this is true. Because now you look at what, what he did back. Also, I'm giving him entirely all of the credit for breaking the power play streak. That passed Austin Matthews, didn't get through to Austin Matthews, but it somehow found its way to Austin Matthews, and he did his magic, and he hit it in the puck. And that was a pass from William Nylander. So thank you. I know you're on the, he was on the ice, I believe, for that OT goal. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> he had a great game overall besides that. So, All right. Uh, my crown goes to William. Let's move on to someone who cares. Steve Dangle, who do you give your crown to? The only one of us who cares about this game. <laughs> only one. <laughs> Proven. Documented. Uh, I'm going to give the crown to the entire Vancouver Canucks team. Um, just because, I mean, my God. Uh, they hadn't played since March 24th. They hadn't won since March 19th. Um, I think they still have nine players on protocol or who weren't available. Um, And I I think they do have at least two players on protocol. What they've gone through, the, the stress, the, the everything uh, unfathomable. I would have given them the crown had they won or not. Um, So you got to give it to them for on a human level, on a human level. Yeah. Forget hockey. Like they could have lost seven nothing. I would have given them the the crown just to show uh, up because yeah, it's you know there's still a debate as to whether or not they should even be playing, but they did and they won. And uh, hats off to them. 
Um, my crown uh, is going to be a double crown. My first part of my crown goes to Braden Holpe. Unbelievable game. Um, and I don't think, listen, you can say what you want about the Canucks victory. That was Braden Holpe's victory. Like, I'm sorry to the rest of the players, but that Braden Holpe was the standout in that game. Braden Holpe is the reason they were in that game. There was a point at which I think the Leafs were out shooting them like 30 to 15. Braden Holpe yeah. is the reason the Vancouver Canucks won last night. So to me, it's less of a team win, more of a Braden Holpe stole the show. And good for him. It's been a tough ride. Uh, and, and we were kind of talking about it, I think it was two episodes ago. Like, ever since Barry Trotz left Washington, things just haven't been the same for Braden. And I don't, I believe there was an injury in there. Am I wrong in that? There was some sort of something, was there not? At least one. He's been around for a long time. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the vintage Dominic Hasek cartwheel save was on. That was amazing. Oh, <laughs> just, on him. just unreal. It was yeah. incredible. It was great. And so uh, Brayton Holby was always going to get my crown. But after starting this episode, it's clear that my crown must also go to Steve Dangle mm-hmm. for caring. Steve? is he leaving where's he going where's he going am i in trouble oh is there a crown there must be a crown he's gonna get the put it on put it on Ah, put it on hey i like it steve there you go (laughs) doesn't fit around my head and the headphones as soon as you wrap this as soon as you wrap this segment i have a question okay all right well well, let me wrap it r dot thank you so much for for checking out the show for being a new member of the community uh make sure you check out our reddit page uh reddit.com slash r slash steve dangle um it's more than just obviously our page it's steve's page so everything that he does is sort of in there as well and you can connect the community there or on youtube in the comments we've got some great comments every week that are hilarious um it's it's very cool because once everybody gets together it's like we're all friends even though it's just a bunch of friends that have never met each other so when that (laughs) happens again hopefully you're able to come to one of those and uh thank you so much for listening and why not why not care about your local nhl team the way steve dangle and steve dangle only cares about his just me alone on an island so let me ask you this jesse i I got a question let me just start this and i know you have a question too okay i think it's going to be your question so go ahead define care about a team for you Steve, go ahead. No, no, Jesse first. Uh, it's, Jesse, yeah. You need you need to ask uh, more about the question. Okay, all right. Uh, so, so it's too broad. Okay, so if I were to narrow it down for you, <laughs> yeah. let's say, um, let's say your team loses when they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it okay to say that you w- would it be true? I'm going to ask like a lawyer. Would it, uh-huh. would it be true or would you consider it to be the truth if you could keep that loss in perspective over the course of 56 games and still care about your team and not be heartbroken by it? I don't think someone's reaction to a result uh, is exa- shows how much the person cares about the team. <laughs> Steven, same if question. that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's just listen. <laughs> We're not talking about the the Pittsburgh Penguins, mm-hmm. and we're not talking about the Arizona Coyotes or the Minnesota Wild. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they're always the other team in Airbud. Always, every time, always every. There is literally before you think that's over the top. They're making a movie. About the David Ayers game. It happened just over a year ago. It's always them. Stop talking about this 
like I got to take the crown it's off. Fine. It's not going to stay on. I I don't know. I don't understand why people are talking about this. Like it's like it's a regular Monday. And I, I just lost to a team that took a month off. It's always the Leafs. Always. And it doesn't matter because we're heading into the playoffs. Maron! This, yes, yes, exactly. These games are about playoff preparation. And they lost to a team. The prerequisite for that game was they should be the better team. Mm-hmm. And they were, thank God. Thank God. They get outshot the opposite. You switch the shots around, I'd be even more mad. But I was just looking at that shot clock. You, you were saying the shots were like 30 to 15 at one point. I saw that too, and I went, it's just going to make me more mad when they lose. <laughs> <laughs> and then they did. And then heading into overtime, I tweeted they were going to lose. They lost. It's the Leafs. <laughs> Everybody. God. I always feel like the scientist in a disaster movie. No, except I'm saying ignore the charts. Yeah, you don't understand. It's the Leafs. Put your charts away. That's how I feel, man. They do lose spectacularly. That's an undeniable point. Yeah. They lose spectacularly on the biggest stage. If if the stage, if there is a huge stage, they're losing on it. But but this I have to say, the team that we saw last year going into the David Ayers game, forget David oh, Ayers for a second. Horrible. Fragile, terrible team. Just awful. tons of talent. No, no, uh, nothing to put together. And I know they went on that, what is it, 20 and five run with Sheldon Keefe when they started or something like that. Yeah. But all the same, it it seemed a little like we were excited. But if you go back and listen to the shows, we weren't that excited. They were good. Like, for they're a looking while, good, but and then they turned into 20 root canals on skates. Like it was bad. Agony. Agony. Yeah. Like being a Leafs fan for the last 18 months, forget COVID. Like the previous 18 months of hockey has not been fun. Babcock's last season and a half were awful. Awful. And the team this year, to me, looks dominant. They're a strong team. And they've had tons of injuries. They've they've managed their way through them. And they should be the top team in the division. And they are. Yep. Great. Yep. No no denying the team, by and large, looks different. Mm -hmm. And just when I was like, yeah, I'm all in on this shit, that happens. And I'm just like, okay. Okay, well, we'll see. Maybe they will be better next game. Sure hope so. <laughs> sure hope so. We got another show Thursday. I, I think they will. talk about it then. Um, now, uh, here's the one thing about the Adler thing I did want to mention. What wasn't clear from NHL player safety, at least what I read today, was that he'll have a hearing. Is it an in-person hearing or a telephone hearing? I think they're all telephone now. Yeah, so they're all uh, Zoom meetings now. Okay. Okay. So we don't really get the the little hint about because if it's in person, that means there's suspension is coming. But we don't really get that hint anymore because okay. they're all virtual. I guess we'll see you then. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Well, it is what it is. Beliefs are what they are. And we'll see what happens going into uh, going into the playoffs. Now, I, I do want to talk about uh, Patrick Marlowe here, guys. It's you know, every time something good happens to Patrick Marlowe, I think as Leaf fans, you go, oh, like you wish it could have worked out better here. And I think there were two things going against that. Number one is two game seven losses against Boston. That was the worst. Where Number was two, where, where he was good, no question. Number two is the amount of money that he was paid and a three-year contract. <laughs> if Patrick Marlowe was making Joe Thornton money or Wayne Simmons money or whatever – at that time, 
because uh, the first season he was here, he what did he score like twenty something goals? He was pretty good. Twenty seven. 27 goals. Wow. Not a joke. Now I know some, some of the people are like, well, that's, those are some of those are empty netters. Well, okay. <laughs> so it's, all right. I believe it counts. Um, so the first season, it seemed kind of well worth it. The second season, you could see the sort of the age catch up and having that third year, it was not Patrick Marlowe's fault that he was offered a third year. It was Lou Lamorello's fault. And they, what they should have done was they should have offered him more money over two years than anybody else. And that would have been a perfect setup, perfect scenario. So it's a shame the way he had to go, meaning they traded him and then he was bought out and we had to you know, give up a first round pick for that uh, because Patrick Marlowe was an upstanding citizen here and absolutely beloved in the dressing room. And seeing him uh, getting ready to pass Gordy Howe tonight for all-time NHL games played is pretty freaking spectacular. You talk about a record that you thought probably never going to get broken, and here we are. He hasn't missed a game since... The 0809 season. So he hasn't missed a game since like the Leafs acquired Phil Kessel. Acquired. Since John Tavares was, no, that was the season before Tavares was a rookie. That Luke Shen was just drafted. <laughs> like, wow. Drew Doughty was just drafted. Stamkos was a, was a pimply faced kid barely making the lineup with head coach Barry Melrose, all of which were a thing. Those were all, that was the last time. That's not when his career began. That's 11 years after his career began. It's just when his Ironman streak started. What he's done is nothing short of remarkable. An 11 year NHL career. My goodness. That's amazing. And then his streak began is he's absolutely unbelievable. Like to do that in the National Hockey League contact sport, he's like he's never even like caught a divot in the ice, never got like a puck in the face, mm-hmm. like a like a errant high stick, like just the sheer. There's so much luck involved in that, and I know he takes his ice baths and stuff, and the young players think it's weird, but like it's it's a miracle. Like I I don't know if anyone's ever gonna break that. That's what the Howe record looked like, though. And now we're sitting yeah. here and Marlo's about to beat It took a long time to break it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy about that, too, is that he played 400 games in the WHA as well. Yeah. Because like, oh, he, like he retired tough. and then came out of retirement to go play 400 games in the WHL and then played the one final season in the NHL. So he had over two. Here, wait. No, we're, 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 we're pulling this up. It's coming up right now. He played over 2,000 professional hockey games. He yeah. Did. yeah. If you want the number, you just need to add on uh, 400. 419. Six seasons of the World Hockey Association for oh. Houston and New England. What the f- I got it here. Oh, this is mutant. Yeah. This is, okay, Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe. 419 plus 1767. I don't like that number. That's <laughs> that's 2,186 regular season games plus 78 playoff games in the WHA plus 157 NHL playoff games. This dude, not excluding or not including preseason games, 2,421 professional hockey games. I, I know we just said about Patrick Marlowe that that's not getting touched. That is not getting touched. I, ever, I think it will. Ever. 
I think a hundred percent. You think somebody will play older than 55? How old is Tom Brady? I think he's probably the pinnacle of what you can do. And eventually, I think people are just going to get even your fitness level is just going to keep increasing. Maybe in like 20 years, the next kid who comes along follows the TB12 method from birth. <laughs> Drinks the had, right. There's four kinds of water and I'm drinking the correct kind. Right. And he ends up playing every strawberry on site. He ends up playing the NHL. He plays for 30 seasons. Then he breaks the record. Who knows? <laughs> maybe maybe but boy that's that is crazy and i hate that he's gonna go through all of this he's gonna have that record no cup yeah if he it's keeps fighting in san jose there will be no cup it's killing <laughs> dude this guy double digit playoff games one two three four five six seven eight nine times double digit playoff games in a season 195 career playoff game 72 goals 127 points uh what can you do what? jeez jeez like 24 playoff games that one year when san jose went to the final what can you do ah that's torture that's torture to any hockey nut who loves surfing hockey db too much um yeah that it's it's that's almost the same sort of torture that that looking at mike medano's career all-time game <laughs> So 1499. There oh, we go with the bad like, talk references, but seriously, like that is the worst one. What? Okay. I got a question. Other than that, what is the most cringeworthy hockey stat you've ever seen? What's the one that drives you like nails on a chalkboard crazy. And I'm sure if we had Jeff Merrick on, he would be a guy to ask, but we should even ask Sportsnet stats. Why not? <laughs> um, I do have one. I'm okay. just waiting for it to load to confirm uh, and for some reason, it crashed. There we go. Oh, never. I was wrong. I thought Paul Correa was on 999 games. Mm-hmm. He's on 989. That's huh. still, oh, ah, that's killer. He should have played more. I hate, like, not just that Babcock didn't give that courtesy to Mike Medano. Babcock forever stapled himself to Mike Medano's legacy. Like, you can't talk about his career numbers without bringing him up. For this coach that he had for a season, stapled to him forever. Hockey Hall of Fame player, stapled to him forever. It's a disgrace. You know? I don't disagree. Comment, boys? <laughs> I don't disagree at all. I don't disagree. I mean, yes. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You could have started him. Even if you played him one shift, you could have played him. Yes. Yeah, just like Chris Chelios. You could have played him one shift. Did he do that? He in the winter uh, in the winter classic game played him one shift. Yeah. Oh right, that sh- yeah. that story. Oh my god. Yeah, and oh my uh, god. Then the assistant coach, whoever it was, asked if he wanted to like kill a penalty later in the game, and Chelios was like, he's like, I've had a beer. Like, no. <laughs> like <laughs> he had like a beer on the bench. He's like, ah, I know I'm not getting in. Might as well have a beer. Enjoy wow. the outdoor game for the best seat in the building. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, unbelievable. I um, uh, I, I, I do have a question. Does Chris Chelios, Chris Chelios is an interesting guy. Like he's the one that wrote the Chris Chelios Made in America book, right? Like he's, he's a uh, he's he's an interesting dude. He's the Chris Chelios-ist. Is it but good? The, have you I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no. But I'm wondering, like Chris Chelios, whenever you hear him make headlines, it's always for somebody he doesn't like. Now the Babcock thing, I can understand because that's sort of shitty. But even I remember he was on. 
was it the fan years ago or something like that, Steve? And he was talking about his book. And then I think they asked him about Brendan Shanahan because I think Brendan Shanahan had just taken over for the Leafs or it had been within a year of that. So this was a while ago. And he's like, you know, uh, Brett, you know, Shanny and I didn't really get along all that well. He's a little too political for me. As in like, I guess he, he suggested that he was, you know, there was diplomacy or he played the game politically more so you didn't mean like, oh, he's too in my face because he's a Republican or a Democrat or something. It's more like along the lines of like he was political within the, the room. So what I think that might be is Shanahan, wasn't it like the Shanahan summit during the 2004 or five lockout about the rule changes? Mm. And remember the 0506 season had a wild amount of penalties. Well, Shanahan was a big part of that. And I think it was a 31 thoughts I was listening to recently. And they were talking about like, Iserman on the bench on the same team as Shanahan, the there would be a penalty called against the Red Wings, and Iserman would basically look over and go, "Good one, Shanny," <laughs> like it's his fault for helping to come up with the new rules. Mm-hmm. So a lot of players held that against him, and okay. I, maybe that's what he's talking about. I don't that could know. Be it. Wondered about yeah. that. Okay, interesting. Who knows, right? Like I don't, I don't know. Um, I do, uh, I do want to ask too. Um, even though he's not in the game as much anymore. Remember what Jeremy Roenick said about Patrick Marlowe? Do you remember all that stuff from his book? Yeah. That's another guy where I'm like, man, you don't make news. It's like Brett Hall, Chris Chelios, and Jeremy Roenick. Do you make news for saying anything good about anybody? Or can you make news for saying good? Brett Hall said, we went blues. That was good. (laughs) Boy, he was... We went blues was legendary he had a good time at the parade he had a really really good time just um, tuned <laughs> absolutely Madano, tuned. i would like to talk about mike Medano's uh, former franchise the dallas stars ladies and gentlemen don't look now but the dallas stars are three points out of the playoffs with three games in hand on who the nashville predators oh nice. it's weird i thought you were gonna see someone different nope <laughs> it's the nashville predators now everybody laughed at me like oh <laughs> dallas you can't well, they looks like they can. 43 games, 46 points. Chicago's got 47 and 45. Nashville, 49 and 46. It's I said they tough. do it. It's gonna I be tough. They, do it, boys. they got bit by the injury bug, but it looks like they're fighting COVID their way bug. through it. COVID yeah. bug. Well, no, like isn't uh no, Radulov's hurt. Radulov's out for the year, I believe. Yeah. They did get bit by that other bug at the beginning of the season. A lot of mm-hmm. bugs. I'm just saying, believe in the Dallas Stars, everybody. This is a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals for a reason. I think they're going to be pretty good, and I think they're good. Uh, they're they're doing really really well. Um, and they got Detroit coming up for like what four games in a row or something, so they got a chance excellent. to make up some should ground. Win. You want to talk about should win games? Detroit has, should like randomly murdered Tampa once or twice. <laughs> That's weird, right? Dude, Detroit might they might catch the Blue Jackets. Like, it's wild to me that Detroit might not even be the worst team in their division. Um, one point behind the Blue Jackets. It's all, falling apart. it's all falling apart in Columbus, isn't it? What oh, happened? Yeah. Like, it's it, like, it's, see, you're, Steve, you're absolutely right about Torts, eh? He's got this thing, and then it, one day it expires, and the team sucks now. And it he, happened in Tampa. Yep. It never got going in Vancouver. It happened in New York, too. He's uh, the avocado of coaches. 
It's uh, you gotta wait for it to ripen, ripen, ripen. It's bad now. <laughs> so obviously, Patrick Line has had a lot of struggles since going there because they see him as a power forward instead of a gifted once in a generation gold scorer, which is what he actually is. And Max Domi, who um, obviously had his run in with Connor Murphy, which was uh, what a bizarre incident that was. Like it seemed yeah. like a, a really overreaction to a relatively minor play. Like I can understand why he'd be ticked about it, but to dummy Connor Murphy like that was way They're outside bounds. They're mad. They're an angry team. Well, now Max is not going to play tonight. And he had a horrible game the other night. He was like a minus four, took penalties. I He's getting benched. So The, f- the fight seemed to me like... Because and Domi does have the power to do this. He's an offensive player, and when he's not producing, he'll just beat you up. Mm-hmm. He'll beat you up with hits, or he'll drop his gloves and punch you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Even if you have your gloves on. So, and I guess it's just gotten worse since that incident. Well, I have a question about all this, guys. So first off, your big leader Felino is gone, right? Heart and soul guy, Columbus Blue Jacket guy is now not there. Number two, what's a coach's job? Define uh, a coach's coach. job. <laughs> Get, make his team as good as it possibly can be. Get the most out of your star players would be part of that, right? Yes, absolutely. And I'm not, I, I'm not saying Max Domi is a superstar in the league, but the guy had 72 points once. Yeah, uh, I mean, he should be at least like a 40-point pace guy. At minimum. Least. Yeah. So when you, you might look at Max Domi and go, well, he's underperforming. But when I look at the way Patrick Laine's not performed, yeah. I start to think – you know, a guy who can get 30 goals in his sleep like Patrick Line can seems a bit odd what's happening. I, I wasn't able to do it with Dubois. And, I'm, you know, I'm struggling to do it with Line. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't do it with Domi. Jack Roslovic <laughs> looks amazing right now. All right? I'm one for four, boys. One for four. Like, I... They need to be rid of John Tortorella, I think. And nothing against him as a coach. It's this is the trend. This will die for you. We'll die for you. We'll die for you. I'm sick of you. Get out of my face. Like I you gotta look at the last season for every team he's ever played with. I'd also like to see this because you know, Brian Burke uh, was talking about, you know, Ron Hextall, and you know, you you can judge a GM based on how they left the team that mm-hmm. they're now gone from. I would love to know what like the lightning and the Rangers and the Canucks and uh, soon to be the blue jackets. Like I want to know what their record the season after John Tortorella was. Canucks were better. I remember that they were better, but they're often completely left in shambles. And I, you can interpret that as well. They were better with John Tortorella or you can look at it as he poisoned the room, which it sure looks like he's doing it. Well, Cause I mean, he, they brought him in and he's like, okay, Sadines, you're blocking shots at 37. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, Oh, and I'm going to go beat up Calgary's head coach. And that, apparently Torts is, Torts is a good guy apparently, but there are some things where it's like, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt that he's a good person. It's just, it, and it's not a reflection of his character. This style does have an ex- expiration date. And it seems like it's, it's like uh, it's like milk, right. Or like an avocado, but it's not that like an avocado, an overripe avocado is not going to kill you. Milk is going to give you some serious indigestion past a certain day. 
right? I, I and saw, that's what it seems is happening. I saw, I think someone was talking about like 50 Cent or whatever, like at the height of his popularity. And they were just like, man, you're hard all the time. Like, what? How are you hard at breakfast? <laughs> like, you, you know, like you're having your bowl of cereal and you're just like, someone try me right now. I'm having Cheerios. <laughs> and like, it's, uh, I, man, I think players can do a season or two of that. Just that uh, intensity. Oh, boy. That's that's too much for four or five years. I don't do what I did off the top of this show forever. (laughs) Steve, you want Steve, I'm just a fan all the time. I care all the time. (laughs) Steve, you want John Tortorella's numbers after he left a team. Interesting. Yes. I'm very interested. So this is what you're asking for. So you said uh, in the 07 08 season, uh, Tortorella was fired after Tampa, after that from Tampa Bay. So Mm -hmm. in the 08 09 season, Tampa finished 14th in the conference. Ooh. Out of 15, I guess. Yeah. So the season after he left, they were just, they were worse. Uh, then he was hired by New York. His last season in New York, he was fired mid after 48 games. He lost in the conference semifinals to Boston. So that was the half season. So he's fired by New York, hired va- by Vancouver. So how did New York do in the 13-14 season? They finished fifth in the conference. So he got fired when they were a good team, and they kind of stayed the same. Good. Yeah, and then good. the other time he was fired, uh, Vancouver... He was with them the 13-14 season. So how did Vancouver do in 14-15? I think they made the playoffs. That was Willie Desjardins? Yeah. In 15-14, Vancouver finished second in the Pacific. There you go. That was the series against Calgary, wasn't it? Uh, I don't have their playoff record. In the staging goal? I I think it was. They finished fifth in the conference, so... The, oh, oh wait, no. 14-15 was the first year of the Rogers deal, and none of the Canadian teams made the playoffs. Right. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of the next year. No, no, they made the playoffs that year. In 14-15? In, in 14-15, yeah. They finished fifth in the conference. What am I thinking of then? Oh. oh. All right. <laughs> All right. Well. So there you go. I don't know if you pulled anything from that, but that's his, it his just numbers seems after like, losing it, leaving a it, team. It <laughs> seems like there is, you know, it's it's a it's a mess. It's a total mess. And if the Blue Jackets don't like, here's the thing: you've got you got Domi for two more years. You got Line A for zero more years, unless you're able to re-sign him. And I mean, yeah, you, you could re-sign him, and you can re-sign him. What's that number going to be? And then what do you do? Well, here's here's the problem with Domi for two more years: is Dubois set the precedent with that team that if I'm sick of this team, you have me for none more years. <laughs> I don't care what you're paying me. You have me for none more years. And it's not like Max Domi needs the money. It's Ty Domi's son. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So don't be pulling that card if you're the Columbus Blue Jackets. Don't be pulling that. It's not going to go good for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's going to be very interesting to watch. I'm, I'm kind of, I was kind of surprised to see that. Like, it, it also, like, okay, so the season's bad. And I know that Max wasn't great in the last couple of games and he's lost his temper both times and you know torts wants to sit him or whatever but i i what are you looking for I, I, well Fine. i'm trying to figure Fine. out like how many 
how many benchings do we see in an NHL season that are not a John Tortorella team? Like noteworthy, like Marner. Yeah. Like imagine the Leafs like, benched Marner. Like you bench a player that's significant to your chances of winning. Yeah. Well, how many teams do that other than whatever John Tortorella is coaching? Yeah. Nylander's been benched mid-game a few times over his Leafs tenures. I, I can't think of him ever being healthy scratched. No. Maybe no. when he was a rookie. Maybe. I maybe. just – Yeah. It's, I'm just, you know, at a certain point, I mean, Torts has had success and I get it, but at what point is this not working anymore? Like this whole strategy, like why shoot yourself in the foot? They can't afford to pay him not to be their coach. You know what I right. mean? They, they can't afford to fire him, pay him, and then pay his replacement. And they're tanking. Like, let's be honest here. They're not trying to be good by trading Nick Felino and David Savard, right? Right. So they're trying to do the thing properly. And if you're not honest to God trying to win games, you might as well try to get a message across, I guess, which I suppose is what he's trying to do with Max Stone. I will forever link David Savard to trade rumors involving Mitch Marner. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Do you remember that? People are like, oh, that's a fair trade. Savard for Marner. Noah Hannafin. Noah Hannafin. Could have had a fin. That was a Kipper special. He got a lot of shit for that. Didn't go. Apparently, somewhere. that's who Babcock wanted on the draft floor, didn't he? No, that was Zach Wierenski. Oh, Zach Wierenski. Okay, well, Wierenski's pretty good. Or was it Hannafin? Maybe mm, it was one of Hannafin or Wierenski. I think both were available. Right. Yeah, that's funny. Wow. Yeah, Hannafin went one spot after Marner. Did he not? Yes, he did. I it's think. A great draft. It was. Yeah, you compare that to the 2012 draft, where it's like, ooh, stinker, 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 and then it's that draft was David Eichel. I don't remember who. Oh, Dylan Strom, who has turned out very good, but he's not better than Mitch Marner. Mm-hmm. Noah Hannafin. Yeah, hell of a Lawson Krause, I think, was after that, wasn't he? Number McDavid, six. David Eichel, Strom, Marner, Hannafin, Zaka, even oh, yeah. Ivan Provorov. Then oh. uh, Zach Rowinski at eight, Timo Meyer at nine. That's a good pick, too. Good pick. Uh, Nico Ranton in at 10, Lawson Krause oh, at 11. Incredible. Yeah, those are just a bunch of killers, yeah. one through 11. Ranton in at 10. That's amazing. Yeah. Man, Colorado. Hats oh, off to they're, Colorado. I, they're maybe more lightning than the lightning, and the difference is goaltending. Philip Grubauer is not Andre Vasilevsky, but they might, honest to God, have a better four lines, three D pairs than the lightning. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ah, the addition of David Savard, though. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I, as a hockey fan, if it cannot be the Leafs, I would love to see those two go toe to toe. I think it'd Who's be a this? lot of fun. Who? Colorado, Tampa. Oh, that'd be pretty good. Colorado. I had Colorado Carolina making the cup final last year, mm-hmm. um, but this was at the beginning of the season, like long before the Panini and everything. Um, and honestly, Grubauer is healthy. One of Grubauer or Pavel Francos, one of those guys is healthy. They beat Dallas. God bless Dallas and everything they did in the bubble. One of those guys is healthy. You don't have a chance. Oh well. Well, it, it, Nathan McKinnon can't play goalie too. I don't know, guys. He, I think he tried. Michael Hutchison did his job. It was on the rest. He did game. win. He had a winning he did record. Have a win. <laughs> he had a he winning won. record in the bubble. He did. Yes, he did. Yes, Two he did. One. Yeah. What well, more can you ask for? And the Leafs were like, you know, we need you back. <laughs> it's like Martin Marinch and Martin. We can't let you go. Yeah. No. Great. My God. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you see, they won the Kadri trade because they got Rosen back and Hutchinson. <laughs> and where's Kadri now? And they signed, and they ended up signing TJ Brody. So that's a win, right? Yeah, right? that's how it happens. Take that, Nas. That did the Leafs lose team? the Kadri deal? Uh, uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well and it, you know what I, I i will maintain that they did need to trade him uh mm-hmm. and if they had made the first trade to calgary it would have been the right trade so did dubas lose it or did nazim exercise his right within his contract dubas, to screw over the leaves dubas lost it dubas lost, lost it okay yeah. good. there there were better options out there yeah. They contractually better. they also didn't have to trade him i i know right. exactly what i said at the time mm-hmm. but i don't run the team contractually they didn't have to do it and they it's true it anyway. yeah i think i honestly think though if you keep if you'd kept him around at that i i do wonder like if you didn't learn the first two times you know i think he's learned because he he got traded from from his favorite team you know and he's not going to pull that shit in, in colorado colorado the perfect spot like, how great is that? And they he, got a guy who uh, was probably humbled by the experience. And by the way, I'm a huge Nazem Kadri fan. I think he's a great guy. I think we all are. So Every Lee fan is. Yeah. I, 100%. Uh, and, and he caught a lot of shit while he was here. But, man, he was awesome. And uh, I, I do think, though, that Colorado was in a perfect position to inherit a guy who was about to learn a lesson, who was that one lesson away from being the best possible NHL pro he could be. And the only way he was going to learn that lesson is if he was not a Leaf the next year. He already has more playoff points as an Av, I'm pretty sure, than he, than he did as a Leaf. And I think he also set a record for the latest game winner. Really? Colorado history. It was during the, the round robin because they uh-huh. were one of the top four teams. And they scored a game winner against the Blues with, I think it was 0.2 seconds left. It was ridiculous. Wow. And it was Nas because, of course, it was. Wow. Yeah. During a NHL playoff game. It was not a Stanley Cup playoff game. NHL playoff game. Remember that whole fiasco? Yes. 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 My God. That's pretty cool. Well, you know, good for Nas. Nothing, wish him nothing but the best. Um, with a bit of a weird um, race happening right now in the West Division, nobody's really mentioning it too much outside of their home markets, but Arizona and St. Louis being locked in at 44 and 45 points, a couple games uh, in hand for St. Louis there. But can you imagine a, a world where St. Louis doesn't make the playoffs and the Coyotes do even the sharks are in there. Oh, they are. They're five points out. It's not nearly as likely, but yeah, St. Louis three, six and one in their last 10, they do not look good. Um, I'm trying to think of who they're missing. I mean, other than Alex Petrangelo, of course. I guess if you lose your captain, it's kind of a big deal, eh? Yeah, they're well, also missing. Riley, they're missing Jordan Biddington from the two seasons ago. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, oh, uh, they have him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> same guy but different guy. Right. Yeah, I I wonder about that. And and again, I'll go back to, uh, they really did after they were eliminated by the Canucks, just sort of slip it in there like oh yeah guys aren't feeling 100 from covid blah, blah, blah. I'm not... pardon can yeah, we stop like, what they say 20 percent of the team yeah something I, like it, that that's that's more a lot than one that's yeah what well and i'm looking at too a couple of the other races are starting to get a little bit interesting here now 
the the Rangers have played two more games than Boston. So keep that in perspective. And Taylor Hall looks outstanding on the Bruins. Because of course, of course. He's been incredible. Um, But the New York Rangers, I get that they've played two more games in Boston, are still only four points behind them. And they've both gone four and one in their last five games. The Rangers lost in overtime last night. So, or sorry, their last game. That's, that's a team like, okay, imagine for a minute, it won't happen, but imagine for a minute, Boston trades for Taylor Hall and then doesn't make it. Right. It's the the Matt Duchesne conversation all over again. Does this guy even make your team better? Right. Remember all that? Clearly clearly he does though. (laughs) I know, but this is, this is an actual race, right? So we talked about the blues and the coyotes. Both are sub 500, their last 10. <laughs> Blues are three, six, and one. Coyotes are four, six, and oh. So that is not a race. It. Nobody wants that is, it. You take it. You take it. You take it. You take it. With Boston and New York, that is a race. All right. Both won four straight, seven, two, and one for Boston, seven, one, and two for the Rangers. And at one point. If anybody gets screwed this year, it's one of those two teams because either of those teams make the playoffs in any other division in the league. All three of the other ones, they're in a playoff spot. The Rangers are 14th in the NHL right now. That's crazy. Or if and if you do points percentage, also 14th. If that's the case, then the Rangers should be in the playoffs. Like if you're, I don't understand why we do this. Why do we do this? Well, this year you can't because I know I just. can't, the Canadian can't, teams can't leave Canada. So. Why, why is it, though, that we – I'm fine with more divisional games or whatever you want to do, but why can't just the best 16 teams make it? I why? Well, well, this year because of borders, but yeah. in, in other years, uh, Adam, I don't think you're totally off there, man. If this was last season, they would be in a playoff spot, though, because it would have been the top three slots in each division plus the two wild cards, and they would have had one of those. So what I would ask the NHL – is this the Mass Mutual East Division? Let me get that sponsorship in there. <laughs> Washington, Islanders, Pittsburgh, Boston, New York, Philly, New Jersey, Buffalo. Those are some of your best TV revenue markets in the United States. That that Northeast isn't that's like a murderer's row of good ratings for um, for the NHL. Outside of I think the ratings in like Tampa and Chicago, you can't get better than that. And, and when I, when I look at that, I go, is the NHL going to be happy with itself when the Rangers miss the playoffs again? And, and, you know, you say, well, it's just a couple of seasons or whatever. This is a, this is a time when New York, who is the number one, most valuable franchise in the sport, the Rangers are there. No question. They're like three or $400 million up on the Leafs. Um, The idea that the Rangers are good enough to make it and do not is ridiculous to me. And I also think, and, and maybe this goes back to just kind of personal bias about this sort of thing, but why is it that we need to draw teams, X amount of teams from every division this year? Sure, you're only playing those same few teams over and over and over again. It's COVID. It is what it is. But why can't even then the best teams just make it? Because you're going to argue if you're one of the teams who gets pushed out, Mm-hmm. You're going to argue, well, they were playing against the Flyers and to a, a much higher extent, the Devils and the Sabres. Yeah. All That's year. fair. But every, team, division's, every division's got that. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, this year, you got to play against your own division exclusively. Like you don't yeah. play, so you got to rank the playoffs based on your division because that's the only teams you played, right? 
Yeah. yeah. I just got for competition reasons, why do we worry about geography? Let's worry about the best teams and the biggest stars getting in. That's what I'm worried about. And and so in the future, why if if it's 10 Western teams and six Eastern teams, okay, then that's what it is. Put the best teams in. Because usually the best teams have the best players. I, I think we all looked at the Eastern division at the beginning of the season and went, oh, someone's getting screwed there. <laughs> and lo and behold, someone is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to go back to the East-West as soon as humanly possible. And mm-hmm. this was always a possibility. And and I keep outside of the ridiculous Colby Cave-Edmonton game that they should have never been forced to play. Um, and who knows, maybe next week or in a few days, we'll be saying that about the Canucks as well. But outside of that, the the NHL schedule, the fact that they've even gotten this far, like, I'm not going to be too picky. I think they always no, knew it was right. going to be a possibility, yeah. and it's so tough. You're right. But is your argument right. for when the world's back to normal? You would, yeah. drop, you would drop divisions? I would. I, well, I don't mind even having divisions and scheduling um, – scheduling teams more against, you know, in a local calendar so that, you know, you play the same teams more often. I understand what the NHL tries to do with the rivalries, et cetera, et cetera. But I always felt like if, um, you know, if you really want to do this, why not just put the best teams in? Why not? I, I just don't see how, like, like uh, you know, there's always, it's, it's funny, we look at it each year and it's either the West or it's the East. For a long time, it was the West. They were just murderers dominant like all the california teams um st louis is always in there then like vegas shows up and's like we're gonna make the conference finals for a couple of years and we're gonna kill we're gonna kick in a lot of ass for no reason um you know the canucks won how many president's trophies like it was that w- the western conference was pretty scary for about 10 years and chicago too and la um and then you know it's kind of shifted to the east a little bit lately uh, with Boston and Tampa and Toronto and, you know, Pittsburgh being as good as they've been for a long time. And now you've got, you know, Caroline, Carolina's playing to its potential and Florida surprised everybody. I just feel like there are teams sometimes that will make it in like 14 or 15 spots, sorry, like, like eighth, eighth in the, in the, in the spot uh, in one division or one conference that wouldn't have a hope in hell in the other. And that to me seems odd. Like but if, are we having this conversation? We, like, we didn't say this about Arizona. We weren't like, ah, Coyotes are getting screwed. You know what I mean? It's just they're not a great team. If they were, we'd nah, be having but, that conversation. But they're in the five slot. Well, they're, they're in, the, in the five slot. They're in the four. Oh, are they? Never yeah, mind. We're not having this conversation about the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my we bad. Are. Yeah, but it's, they're not getting screwed because they're they have 44 points and like – the fifth seed in the central is Chicago and they have like 47. You remember when it was like the Leafs have this many more points than the guys in the, whatever the, whatever the division lineup was last year. I can't even remember what the old divisions were called. The Leafs have 10 more points than team number two in that division, but they're third place in their division. It was brutal. So they're fucked. All right. (laughs) You know, like that, that to me, there's, there's gotta be a better way to do this is all I'm saying. I'm not saying I've got all the answers on it, but there's gotta be a better way. I think you're right. And sorry, just because I've, I've been dicking around on the standings page on NHL.com, Nazem Kadri's Colorado Avalanche. Oh, first God. in points with 64. First in points percentage, 744. Stupid. And first in uh, goal differential, plus 53. Get out of here. Get out of here. Steve, if there's one, we should one day do a top cold take Hall of Fame for all of us. 
But if there's a cold oh. take that oh. I think that we need to oh. apologize forever and ever and ever about, it's what the hell is Joe Sackick and Jared Bednar and what are the what are the abs even doing? Horrible. It's, Was that it's, bad? It's one of the worst takes I've ever had. Me too. Like, it, oh my god, oh my god, and they have not been bad since. Nope. <laughs> they had one legendarily shit season. Awesome. Awesome ever since. Hey, here's fun. Who has the worst goal differential in the NHL? I'm going to say Columbus. That was going to be my guess. I'll no. guess somebody else. Oh, it's not Columbus. Okay. It is uh, not Columbus. It's not going to be Detroit. Columbus uh, is sixth from last. Ooh, who is last in the West right now? Detroit is fourth from last. Who is last in the West? Yeah. Uh, the West Division is the Anaheim Ducks. I'm going to go with them. You are correct. Hey. Anaheim really? Ducks <laughs> minus 44 to the Sabres minus 43. It's a tight race for goal differential. Columbus is minus 40. New Jersey's minus 41. Detroit and Ottawa are minus 42. Buffalo is minus 43. And Anaheim, who has been underratedly ass, minus 44. They're- knowing, the, knowing the Ducks, though, and how they operate, they're going to draft four Norris and one Vesna candidate this offseason. And, and be fine. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, they draft great defensemen and great goalies. That's all they do. They're a farm. Well, and they, like, intentionally have Trevor Zegris in the minors and Drysdale's a rookie. Yeah, yeah. No, I... I I buy that, Adam. I'm buying what you're selling. Yeah, they're just really good at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, they are definitely, they traded to the Leafs, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're taking some time off from being good, but I think they'll be back. Um, Nick Kiprios put it out on his show, Line Movement, friend of the show, Nick Kiprios. Do you think the Leafs have a goaltending controversy, guys? What, Riddick over Jack? No, Freddie over Jack and, and David. Uh, no. I call it a controversy is my, my question. Uh, I, I would have yeah. before the last four games. And uh, the last five games, last five games, because in his game, uh, in his record-breaking 11th win. He wasn't great. Wasn't he good. was bad is another word. Mm-hmm. So it's about five straight. And uh, listen – Freddie, do we think Freddie was garbage or injured? Injured. That's what I think about Jack. He's injured. Riddick needs to play. What did you get him for? Yeah, you didn't get him him. for the playoffs. Riddick should play the next, like, three. Make sure they're healthy. Make sure they're healthy. It's not a controversy. It's not a controversy if one guy, if he was healthy, he would be starting, you know? Like I, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't call it a controversy when if Anderson comes back and they're like, ah, oh, he's a hundred percent. Then he's going in, and he's going to start, and then we're going to see what we got. So is the controversy then that Sheldon keep keeps starting Jack Campbell, although he's not either played well or hurt or both? Is that the controversy? I think we're overestimating how much the coach knows. the The coach, I mean, Babcock was always prickly about this, not to compare the two, but hey, is so and so going tonight, and he's like. I'm sure they'll tell me because he is like, here is who it is. This is my lineup. And then they tell me whether or not, yes, that's good to go or no, that guy can't play. 
So I think Sheldon's got in his head. Freddie is one. Jack is two. Riddick is three. I am playing two. Two's mm. hurt. Three. You know what I mean? But they're not telling him two's hurt. And Jack has, you know, pl- we already know he's played through injury this year. And he looks tiny. He looks tiny in his net. I've mm-hmm. never noticed him looking tiny in his net. That Horvat right. goal, the, no. the bow one? goal wasn't good. The one that snuck no. under his uh, his arm. Was that the first one? I think it was the second one. Oh, this is the I only game all year I haven't watched the replay. I don't want to. <laughs> wow. You were really stung by that. <laughs> oh, Damn. just Adam, it was written in the stars in the sky that they were losing that game. So maybe I shouldn't be upset because I can knew I, the whole time. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Uh, did uh, Mrs. Dangle watch with you last night? Mm. She watched, but not. She only. I think she only watched up until it was two nothing, and then she very wisely said, "I'm going to go upstairs and watch some British show." Okay. <laughs> and then she did. You guys have Brit Box or something like that, where you can watch all the British shows. The midwife. Uh, no, okay. Adam. She watches everything legally. Okay, <laughs> that's Brit Box. We've um, never watched <laughs> a show from Europe illegally ever. Um, I, the reason I ask is I would love to know how she would describe your reaction to last night's loss. Like when you come up to bed after that, I mean, it, I guess it's been a while. Like you, do you go down? Sometimes you record right away, but did you today? Did you go and no, do your, no, no, no. So you went to bed. Yeah. What'd you say? Do you say anything or do you just go to sleep? Well, I was just like the Leafs lost the, they, they lost, they actually lost. And she did just she goes, give you a hug oh. or uh, she just gives me like a pat on the shoulder and goes right back to the midwife. <laughs> Adam, how did you react after the Leafs lost? I went to bed <laughs> as someone as someone who doesn't care as much about the game. <laughs> how did you react? <laughs> I mean, it was sort of like, I, you know what, uh, you know what I, you know what I did. I groaned a little bit, and I'll tell you why. It had no nothing to do with the Leafs. It had everything to do with the hot takes. And listen, I'm guilty of my hot takes too. But I'm like, oh man, here they come. And the first thing I saw this morning was the Keith Olbermann tweet saying, if you think the Leafs have the you know intestinal fortitude to win the cup, blah, 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 blah. And, and everything he said about the Canucks was true. It was an emotional win. They do des- deserve all the credit in the entire world. That was fucking awesome. Good for them. But at the same time, it's like sometimes a team can have an emotional win and the other team walks away completely unscathed like it's another day. And I think that's what it was. It doesn't have to. Everybody acts like everything is a movie all the time. You know, I, I, uh, it's, it's okay to imagine a scenario where one team is not as emotionally affected by a game as the other. Right. I mean, the Leafs are clearly emotionally affected by their power play. (laughs) That is a problem. I mean, like, yeah, that's a serious problem. It's crept into the rest of their game. And so Matthew scores last night. It's Mm -hmm. at the end of the five minute power play. 13 seconds left. Right. And I think they're two for 46 now mm-hmm. or yes. 47 or 45. It's yeah, yeah. mid forties. And so he has both of those two, both are Matthews. One was a power play goal on a power play where they had already surrendered a shorthanded goal. And another was at the tail end of a five minute power play. They haven't just scored a power play goal and that's it. Yeah. Well, for over a month. I in think. the midst of that, though, there are things like the Spezza play where he's literally standing in front of an open net and he hits the post. Yeah. Like you got you got bad luck. It's it's, it's a game. Actually... It's a 
what the power play did look okay. Yeah, yeah. like he he she should have he scored there. It just it just it's a, it's a puck and it didn't go in the net. Are you know? the are the advanced and I don't know the answer to this. Are the advanced metrics on the Leafs power play positive? Meaning, okay, the goals aren't there, but are the metrics positive? I doubt it. No, that's okay. What I read it was like last week and last time I saw it advanced. It was that they're not that great. Okay, yeah. and you know, no, despite problem. despite the fact that I've gotten all worked up. You know, because I'm sure people were yelling, like they did win. Well, no, they didn't. But a lot of people are upset that that um, in uh, I think it was with 30 seconds left, uh, that goal didn't count. That they reviewed. Uh, there's no conclusive evidence. Like I, I don't know what to tell you there. Oh, yeah. I do have one little hot take, and I would I would like to get your opinion on this. That's Holtby did that little scoot. Everyone knows the scoot, the goalie scoot, when the puck is very obviously in the net, but the goalie drags their pads out to drag the puck out. Yeah. If you can't see the puck, then it's not a goal. You know? Right. But no one gets up like that ever. There's no reason to get up like that unless you're hiding the fact that a goal was scored. And I think the rule should stay as it is. If you cannot see the puck, it should be you need conclusive evidence. But if the goalie does the scoot, I think during the review... You should be able to go, okay, we can't see the puck, so it's not a goal. He mm-hmm. did the scoot, two-minute minor. Delay of game. You delayed the game. That's interesting. You That's made it harder huh. to do our job, delay a game. And that goes for Leaf goal. If Jack Campbell does it, if Freddie Anderson does it, I, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Well, So we agree it's cheating then. It is. It can is. I, the scoot can- is – there's no reason to get up that way. Can I provide a simpler solution? Sure. Uh, the, te- the technology exists where you can just you can track the puck and you can track as to whether it crosses the line or not. They do it in real time in tennis with a much faster ball. It is possible if you just invested in the cameras and the little chip thingy. If you just did that one time in one off season for every arena, this whole thing could be solved and a little light can go off and tell you if a puck crosses that goal line in a while, while the play is not whistled dead. Like you can do that. Right. But have you seen like the, the emails back and forth, like, head of officiating and everything and the and the makeup call controversy like everything that we know about the NHL's interpretation of their own rules suggests they're aloof and yeah. I don't think they care enough to do what you're saying yeah because they they're, have they're no like, interest in just getting it right are we going to spend this much money on I don't know 10 goals a season no we're not we're the NHL <laughs> Yeah, which is why it. When every time someone tells me it's about getting the call right, no, it's not. It's not. It's no, entirely it's, not. It's no, about it's getting off air on time. No, yeah. you wouldn't getting have makeup calls like all that whole controversy. You wouldn't have those things if about getting it right. This yeah. is about it, something else. And and if they if they could do a better job of promoting their sport, they could be like baseball, which will have six hour games every once in a while because it goes twenty innings. They're not worried about getting off the air on time. They're like, "Fuck you, we're baseball." If, if the NHL <laughs> said, listen, uh, guys, um, uh, we, we promoted this game extremely well, and it's going to outrate anything else that's on TV currently, like baseball and football, although baseball's numbers are falling a little bit. Um, uh, if, if that were the case, then it wouldn't matter. And you could do three-on-three three overtime until literally the legs fell off. 
until finally somebody scores. Baseball did this year try and curve the long game things by starting a runner on second base. If you get to the 11th inning, now you get an oh, automatic runner on second. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And also any double header games are now seven innings. So they are trying to cut down on game time, but they're still ridiculously long. Yeah. Interesting. I'd love to see another Boston. And I never watch Boston and New York games. They're so slow. I can't, I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. Like I love, I do love baseball and I like it because I can get chores done and stuff while I'm watching it. But man, Boston and New York games are so painful. It's like, if we take longer with this, we're going to bore the other team into submission. Yeah, it's a strategy. They're it intentionally is. slowing down the baseball game. When you were a shortstop, Jesse, <laughs> okay. Did that ever happen? Twenty years ago, when you were you were in AAA baseball, though AAA twenty ball years ago. Okay, did they? Did you ever run into a team that was like, we're gonna we're gonna fucking put these guys to sleep? No, when we're you're when you're fourteen and playing AAA, you're not thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I think one of my favorite stories you've ever told is you briefly mentioned it. So it's not really a story, but you were like, oh, man, when, when you quit, you're like, my parents were just so sick and tired of going to baseball games. <laughs> yeah, my, like I felt bad, like looking back now, I felt bad for my family because we traveled literally from like when school closes through September all over Ontario playing baseball. Like we go to Aurelia, Sault Ste. Marie, like Kingston, just wherever there was a tournament because it's rep ball and you got to go play the best teams in Ontario. So every weekend we're going somewhere. We're just playing fucking baseball. I loved it, obviously. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, looking you. back, now you get perspective as an adult and you're like, shit, my parents yeah. just drove for hours in a car to go watch these teenagers play baseball. And drag your <laughs> sister along with him. Yeah, oh, my sister would sit there on the, you know, those fold-out chairs. You got the parent section. Like, that's the whole audience. <laughs> Game Boy's dead by the by the third inning. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's funny with that because I think there are there are parents that like to, to hold that in perspective. Your t- your kid is going to be an elite player for only so long. If your kid's good enough to be an elite player, you got to look at it like okay, maybe five six years max. But most of the time, it's like a year or two where the travel gets crazy, and either the kid gives up, you give up, or it's just it's they're too old and it's over. Um, and I feel like if Everly's ever that good at anything, like AAA good at anything, it could be art, it could be dance, it could be drama, it could be anything, whatever, sports, whatever she wants. Um, I feel like as a parent, being on the other side of it now, I understand why parents get upset and, and it's, like, it's a lot, but also that's your kid and you only get that for so long. Yeah. Right? It yeah. will end at yeah. a certain point. Every Saturday, like we'd, I'd have practice, I'd, baseball practice like every i think it was wednesday saturday. monday wednesday saturday we had, we had practice three days a week and oh so like that, that i think that was at the and height. then a game yeah and then we and then we played games in between that it was ridiculous but like every oh, saturday man. morning at 9 a.m or whatever you head down to um tom chater and you go <laughs> tom chater park and clarkson i still remember <laughs> the name and you go practice and you hit you yeah. they hit ground balls with the fungo with the pop flies with the fungo or ground balls or whatever and you just practice and there's a bunch of teenagers you so know my parents but, were smart about it they just started doing chores like i was never gonna i was never good <laughs> right. so they would just be like oh we're gonna drop you off for practice and we'll see you we're gonna go grocery shop or something like that it's mm-hmm. like i'm not watching your fucking practice but like you, you guys have kids and like if they I, yeah. if if it's saturday morning at 9 a.m and your kids like i i'm really my favorite thing in the world is to do this sport or this activity you're gonna go take them to swimming or dance class or baseball or hockey or whatever it is right 
Absolutely. Because it's only, only request. You only get it so long. You only get it so long and then it's gone. And I'm sure if you were to ask your dad, Jesse, he mm. would for one day love to go back and see you play baseball one more time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm oh, sure he would. I'm yeah, sure he'd oh, take yeah. that. He off. came out to when we had the Easter Seals. He came out to that and he watched yes, the corner. Yes, and so did Steve's parents. <laughs> and where are my parents? Nowhere to be found. Oh, chores. <laughs> they but don't like, care. But like, That's Steve, hilarious. your parents must have said the same thing. Like, watching your kid do something is this other experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. There were a few times where, like, my soccer team was real bad. And they were like, we lost every game, like 12, nothing. And they were like, okay, this is pointless. Like, are you having fun? I'm like, not really. Like, I'm, I'm enjoying the exercise. And then next year we'd like win the championship. Like right. it's yeah. the nature. Uh, there's no, there's no regulation. Can I do a, a prediction for you two? Love it. When your kid is uh, playing a sport, whether it's high school, whether it's whatever it is, if they're into that and know. i'm making videos about when, leo's team just roasting them when like, where, you're on, where are you when you're on the funny. sideline for those games that is going to be the height of your passion for sports like i, totally I guarantee agree. you're going to care more about that 14 year old soccer game than you have about any other leaf game in your entire life that's going to be the most fandom you ever have because that's your kid out there and you're going to be screaming and you're going to feel I, it so I won when, when we were in grade nine, my house league team won the championship and I was the, uh, I was the captain and we won it in oh. overtime. And oh. I remember I, so like it, I remember it because the puck came out to me at the blue line and I took a shot and then, uh, his name was Piyush Sharma. I remember, I'll, I'll remember his name forever because we played on a couple teams together and he tipped the puck in and I'll never, I'll never forget that going in, but my parents cried. It was houseless, oh. <laughs> but they were like, you know, that's, it's magic. You imagine your kid winning a championship and overtime, like it's a, it's an emotional game. I'd never won anything before. It was like, you know, it was a big deal. And I think you're absolutely right, Jesse. You're never going to care more, I think, than about that. And, and I know a lot of parents are probably listening to this going, yeah, well, we wait till you guys have to drive around to Sault Ste. Marie every <laughs> weekend. And you're right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. But it's such a small amount of time in your life that, you know, those memories, I, I, I mean, I just look at how quickly Everly is going to be two years old in six weeks. Wow. And you know what I mean? Like it's, and it's like, where the hell did the time go? This kid is walking yeah. and talking. And like the other day I was like, Hey, do you need some water? And she's like, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we just communicate now. Oh God. She's like, yeah. Like she, we just talk. And like, when I leave, when I, when I go over and say, pick her up from her grandparents or something like that, um, you know, my mom's, she runs to the door and screams, daddy, you know, like oh, that is, man. that's emotional shit. And I, you know, when she's a teenager, she's not going to give a shit what, oh, what no. I'm up to, but, <laughs> but you know, it's just these, these moments as exhausting as they are, even the first six months of having a kid, which objectively kind of sucks. Uh, if we're all involved, it's, it's terrible. Um, it goes so fast. It's gone. And it's like, you know, it's such a short period. So I would say, Jesse, I'm sure your parents were exhausted by the end of it, but I also would say, hey, if we could see one more game, oh, I would yeah. love to see one more. You know what I mean? And they must have been so proud of you. You were the hardest position in the entire sport. <laughs> and you're playing in AAA. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Say yeah. shortstop is hard. You gotta move. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my rant. <laughs> Let's do a press conference, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so uh, a few people tweeted this at us they want us to 
mention or talk about the Super League that 12 European soccer teams are trying to football teams are trying yeah. to form. Footy. So I'll give you guys a little background on what's happening if you're not up to speed and then just your thoughts on it. So last night it broke that 12 uh, football clubs are trying to form a Super League. So if you don't know how uh, European soccer works or how soccer works in the rest of the world, there's a bunch of little different leagues and then the champions of those leagues, they come together and they play in the Champions League. So these 12 teams, they come from the English Premier League, La Liga, and Serie A. So three of the top leagues in all of the world for football. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 teams. They said they're going to form their own league. It's going to play during the week uh, when the other leagues aren't on. And they're going to have their own competition. And it's 12 teams right now, but they're hoping to expand it to, to 20 teams eventually when the other big teams get permission to join. But uh, some of the some of the major teams around the world haven't agreed to this. They don't want to join, like um, PSG, like or Bayern, Bayern Munich is not Bayern in Munich. Yeah. yeah, they're also not going to join because those some of those other teams are on the side of UEFA and FIFA, who do not support this new Super League that these teams are trying to trying to create, and they've threatened to ban any player from these teams who plays in the Super League from tournaments like the Champions League or even the World Cup. And then the Super League has come out and said that uh, you can't do that under your own rules. And there's a whole legal doc about that as well. So I know that JP Morgan is bankrolling this. So there's big money in it for the clubs. We're talking billions. But my question about it is just because I don't know. People are saying it's going to destroy football on more of like a local level. And like, there's like four tiers of football in England alone. Right. Where, whereas like, you know, like was Jamie Vardy a few years ago was like playing, you know, league three and, you know, making 200 bucks a week doing that. And then like working at a factory and he worked his way all the way up to, you know, a championship team in the premier league and is one of the top players in English football. But I'm wondering like, what, what does that do to the smaller level teams? Is it, is it, does it take, you know, like gate away from them or sponsorship dollars away from them? Like what is the, what's so, the other than it's outside of UEFA and FIFA, yeah. who by the way, have their own problems. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. we, we have, we forgotten what happened with FIFA two years ago with set bladder and yep. all that stuff that came out. Mm-hmm. So, and even like the the World Cup being hosted in uh, Qatar is just oh it's giant human rights viola- violations just yes. steaming so, from that. Why why the leagues would be upset with this is pretty obvious, but fans are furious. Mm-hmm. Why? So well, that's what I'm trying to understand. <laughs> so <laughs> the, if this Super League joins, they're worried about what it does to. Uh, let's say the English Premier League, where you have you have the the this uh, extra level of teams, like you have bad teams that play in the EPL. You know, it'd be like if it it's it'd be more like the AHL was an established team where it had it was established league with all these other teams in them, and then you're taking the best teams and you're forming this NHL. So then the AHL teams they're put off to the side and they're now these minor league teams, which they are in North America. But the EPL teams don't want to be relegated to this underclass, if that makes sense. 
So the other teams, so if you mm. take the top teams away from the English Premier League, that diminishes the EPL where these underclass teams play. But you're not going to take the it, unless UEFA and FIFA ban those those clubs, right? Because of the so, if you're not going to, they're they're trying to UEFA and FIFA are trying to ban all these teams from playing in the champion. Like um, Real Madrid's in the semifinals of the Champions League that's coming up in like three weeks or something. UEFA says we're gonna we're gonna remove them from the semifinals. Like they're not allowed to play in there anymore. So if you're banning all these teams from these leagues then what do these leagues become without these teams? Because they don't, they don't have these big organizations. It, it sounds like someone's trying to split up a, a monopoly. This, I must be ignorant to what's going uh, on. Too. This still sounds like UEFA's <laughs> the bad guy. So yeah. they're, they're, the argument on the other side is that they're trying to prevent these teams from building a monopoly. Because you have all these different leagues around Europe right now, Mm -hmm. and then the top ones are trying to get together and just build a monopoly where it's like only us good teams are playing in this one league. They're trying to stop it from being like, hey, no, we got to keep you guys spread out instead of just playing in the Super League. But wouldn't wouldn't new teams be able to make it into the Super League each year? Isn't there a bottom three, or is there because there's three more clubs that need to be named? Right. right? So, they, but they they don't have. It would just be static. It would just be those teams, and that would be the end of it. So I saw Leeds Leeds in the Premiership today were wearing shirts in protest that said "Earn It." I think they were playing against Liverpool. So basically, will earn your right to be in the Champions League instead of forming your own. Okay. Well, Liverpool consistently does that. <laughs> Right, but like earn it, I guess is what they're trying to say. And like it it can be, you know, changing for uh, for a team that does happen to earn it. Like Aberdeen, for example. We're the famous. We're the famous. Sorry, um, because uh, my wife's family is from there, and they like famously, I think, were in the Champions League one year, and I want to say won it. Mm -hmm. I think they beat Real Madrid, and they're like this little team. Right, and it's an amazing story. And then I guess you're taking away the possibility of that ever happening. There are no underdogs. Hmm. You know, I get. I don't know. I guess. Mm, I guess I don't know enough about it to be proper angry. I guess I don't care. I <laughs> see. I do care. I'm. I'm very. No, I care. I care. Like I, I want to know. I just want to know because I've saw even like Rachel Dory and 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 people that really know the game tweeting about there must be a reason to be outraged about this other than the fact that it to me it seems like um i should have called my father-in-law before it's like he's devastated it's like thanos and the joker going head to head like thanos is uefa and Mm -hmm. fifa and and has all the power and the joker is is coming in to mess it all up they both seem like bad guys right do you want me to read you a little piece about why fans are outraged please do i think it's important So this is from the Sydney Morning Herald, who did a nice job on this. So they said, how have fans reacted? They said, with fury, the overwhelming sentiment is disgust, including from supporters of the clubs lining up to take part. And ex-players from like Manchester United legend Gary Neville, who described their actions as pure greed and called for all to be relegated from their respective top divisions. No serious football fan wants this to happen. 
So if the fans are against it, why is it happening? Capitalism and globalization, essentially. The generational diehards who have followed these clubs across Europe for their entire lives might be fuming, but there are millions of others across the world in markets like the United States, the Middle East, and Asia who spend their discretionary income on these clubs, not the teams who play in their own country. Hmm. So let's be real. This has felt inevitable for so long for a reason. People will vent their spleen, draw petitions, blah, blah, blah. But one day soon, Barcelona will be at home to Liverpool in the Super League. It'll be hard to switch off in that moment. So, like, I, I would be upset, too, if, if like, say, I'm going to try and do the hockey analogy again. If Toronto was in a league with um, the Steelheads, and like I, they're, they play in this league and then Toronto says, I'm going to go on and play in my own Super League and I'm going to join Boston, the Super League. And now I'm a Steelheads fan and I don't get these games versus Toronto because you're going to play in the Super League. I'd be a little upset too. But the reason that you're not getting the games is because UEFA and FIFA are saying you're not getting the games. Because they're saying we'll, we'll play midweek and we'll play on the weekend, are they not? The Super That's- League is, is saying that, but the Super League is like it sounds like hey we're gonna play ball with these little leagues too but it sounds like the super league just wants to be eventually the big league with all these top, oh, top and uh, then it'll be teams, like the exhibition you know? games where liverpool comes over and plays uh tfc but like you gotta create provisions in the contract like your star players have to play x amount of time in these games right in order for us to agree right to this and like there's no way for example Liverpool is going to play their top team against, I don't know, Leeds. Right. I guess, like yeah. I just said, man, like interesting. It is the, interesting. The, the, it is really important to some of these teams. I was I was watching a game uh, a few a few months ago. I can't remember who was playing, but they they were a big team, like a big Premiership team, and they were playing against this. They're like tier four, tier three, but they won some cup. And like part of the agreement is you get a game against this team and you get all the TV revenue and everything. And people like literally on the television camera, you can see people in their backyards, which is across the street from the field, watching the game. That's how small this team is. But it changes the course of that team for the next several years to get the money for that one game. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely understand why they're upset. Yeah. What I'm not. Well, and, and I think mm. I think too, like in the on the North American side of things, um, especially when TFC were doing extremely extremely well. I, I mean, I remember watching their run right all the way to the finals for Concacaf. And if you don't know what Concacaf is, basically like the the um, the the West version of Champions. It's the uh, it's it's basically the top teams in like South America and North America playing each other. And for a Toronto team to get that far in CONCACAF is, you know, especially against some of those Mexican clubs, is pretty crazy. Like, it was awesome. Uh, or is CONCACAF just North American? Might just be North American. I think it's just North American. Yeah. But anyway, long story short, it's, it's, it's you know, important and very exciting. It was cool to watch. But if you take, you know, TFC and then New York Red Bull and then New York FC and then the LA Galaxy and then, you know, Mexico City and what some of the other clubs and they just play each other the excitement kind of isn't there. Like the excitement for me watching that, and I think what's so exciting about Champions League and the Olympics and FIFA and all that, st- the, sorry, the, uh, the World Cup, is the build. Okay, here's a step. And then here's a step. And it's, it's this slow burn. And they're playing other games that week on top of it against teams from their league as well. It's just, 
it's you know I can understand how that would upset the balance. Now that yeah. the more I think about it, the more you're, it's like. Well, do you no, want do you want sense. a little bit more of an impassioned argument against it? Please. Yeah. This one was from um, uh, Aiden Gibson. He was writing on SB Nation. Uh, he says this is the action of a bunch of billionaire chodes. In terms of sporting merit, there is absolutely none. The European Soccer League will mostly be a close competition. Uh, it's 12 founding clubs plus an expected other three plus five clubs who will earn their way into the competition. It renders the champion, Champions League and Europa League dead as a sporting competition. Of course, but despite these clubs' promise to preserve the traditional domestic match calendar, which remains at the heart of the club game, they will do no such thing. Sure, yeah, they may it. fulfill domestic fixtures, but there will be no need to play any meaningful player because there will be no need to actually compete in these domestic leagues. So that's uh-huh. the heart of the problem. If it's like, hey, we're no, we're still in the EPL, but we got this Super League. Why would we ever try in the EPL when we put all our effort into the Super League where the actual money is? So right. That's why so it's like destroying football. The Maybe I'm still misunderstanding, but like for, from a Champions League perspective, I could care less what happens to the Champions League. But you're you're essentially making like even the English Premiership, um, like a secondary league. Yeah, you're kind of making it a minor league, and which, that's wild. And with the with those teams, there's no relegation, right? It's just those franchises well, there forever. They said the bottom three, so it'll be 15 plus bottom three will be. Uh, you can earn your way into it, but. Okay. The the argument is that hey, it's just going to be the top teams winning every time. Who cares? They're being nice by having this extra three teams fight in their way each time. That's going to cost a lot of people a lot of money. Which happens. I think yeah. is where earn it comes from. So, so let me ask you this then, guys. Um, so if you're FIFA slash UEFA and you're looking at this, you ban the best brands in your sport, like. From Chelsea. your own competition. How do you stand to win from that? Like who's who from the EPL alone? We got Liverpool, Manchester United. Is Manchester City included in that as well? I know Tottenham is. Uh, on the list of 12 clubs. Yeah. What do we got? Uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Tottenham Hotspur, uh, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Real Madrid, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus. So that will kill the Italian Super League. And that will kill the EPL if you ban them. But if you let them do this, it will kill the Italian Super League and the EPL. You're and, either way. And the top two teams in Spain as well. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing PSG stayed out because ask the average soccer fan how many French soccer teams they know besides PSG. Well, um, I Leon. Think PSG's Leon? chairman is also a member of the board at UEFA. So uh, there's some there's some conflict of interest there. So they're on UEFA's side, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah it right. seems like a lot of rich infighting, and when it comes to that, I kind of go with um, the fans as the tie the tiebreaker. Go with the fans, fans. Don't want this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and what's what's going to speak from a money perspective? And yes, it's being backed by J.P. Morgan. But what's going to speak from a money perspective is if Liverpool fans reject this, if Chelsea fans reject this, if Juventus uh, fans reject this, it won't happen. What's great though, it like all these teams are hated because they're some of the best. But it's going to be it's like it's like if a dozen teams were the Houston Astros. 
right? Like every game is going to be hellfire and brimstone. Yeah. Every game, every team plays against these guys. If you know anything about the sport, you know that soccer fans react rationally to everything. <laughs> everything. So yeah. You imagine how they're going to react to this. Like we, we get all upset and up, uptight in Toronto when somebody throws a beer can and it hits a baby, which happens. Some, right. Someone wears a paper bag over their head and it's the front page for the next six months. In Europe, if you do that, uh, if you bring a baby to a football stadium, they are like, you're an idiot because you're going to get hit with something here. I had a friend who was in Russia for, uh, was it Russia or where was the last, the last World Cup was in Russia, was it not? Yes, I believe yeah, almost so. I had a friend, I had a friend Every who was major there. sporting event was in Russia for like three Russia. years. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who was there and he said by the end of the game, they were just, everybody was soaked in beer. Oh, it was just every time a goal went in, everybody threw their beer. Every time something went wrong, everybody threw, they were all just covered in it. Yeah, That's just what Sunday it is. Best. You know, so like, you, you know, it's, it's just, it's a whole different world, but you're right, Steve. I think the negative reactions to this, like this weekend, EPL is going to be, can't miss, cannot miss. Like, that'll be fun to watch. I love it. No, I, I love, love it, it too. Like, I, I want to see what's a Manchester United game going to look like. And Leeds and Liverpool are playing right now, but I haven't seen anything bad, but I guess there are no, are there any fans in the stadiums there yet? I think there I are. Know. That's a good question. I believe there are. Uh, And what I need to see, so like immediately what I'm looking for, because this isn't my first sports rodeo, where are the people burning their things? Guaranteed there's fans burning their things, right? That's how this always starts. Your team does something you don't like, you burn your shit. Oh, breaking news. This is luck. Eight seconds ago. I'm going to go to the washroom. NHL, sorry, from NHL player safety, Alex Edler suspended two games. Okay. So that was eight seconds about ago. Right. I happened to catch it in my timeline. That seems about right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's that's the precedent, right? Like Elliot Freeman sort of went through that mm-hmm. um, on the I, broadcast. I also, I here's, can I ask you this? Just from a, uh, listen, I understand that these players are super rich or whatever. Um, from the Super League perspective, the players are rich. Good, you know, they made a lot of money, but they also earned it. Right. Like I, I, you know, we can get into a whole discussion about doctors making less than athletes and whatever. Yeah, I get it. But these sports franchises are worth billions of dollars and these players deserve a share in that. Naturally, their salaries are going to be high because they're among the top teams, top players in the world that can do this one sport that's very in demand. They're making good money. How does banning the players other than as a hinge point sort of pressure point, how does that benefit UEFA like like if you if you ban the clubs that's one thing but you're are you gonna ban the players who are signed contractually to these clubs like that that to me seems a bit I guess that's That's a great point that's one of the only you know these players have worked their whole lives and what are they supposed to do what's the legality there I have a a binding contract with Juventus I don't know how contracts work but like I have a binding contract with Juventus I'm supposed to play for Juventus. This is where Juventus plays now. And I can't play for Italy or I can't play for France or whatever. However, that works. It's, it's just corruption weird. fighting corruption. It's weird to blame the players for the choices of the owner. I yeah. wonder if they're hoping the players will revolt. And that's why they're saying it. That's what they're doing. It's corruption fighting it's, corruption, which is super shitty. Yeah. Because the players should not be used as a, as a leverage point here. And who suffers here? 
the fans and the players and the players. It's the little guys. It's always the little guys. Yeah. Right. The FIFA, owners are fine. A FIFA seems like is well. I think we all agree that FIFA is not the best organization, and all of these clubs trying to get together and screw over these t- these leagues that they play in is a terrible idea. Like, mm-hmm. like who who wins in any of this? Uh, no, yeah. no one. JP Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> JP Morgan's gonna and win the, big. The owners of Chelsea always rooting for him. Let's. All right. Wow. wow. Get that yacht. Get that yacht. You deserve it. Sorry, get that third yacht. Yikes. Well, that's a very interesting uh, development. This is going to be fascinating to watch. We'll see what happens. But I we'll- cannot wait for the 45-minute phone call I'm going to have with my father-in-law about this. Yeah? Just, just, <laughs> just let him shout, shout this at me in Scottish. <laughs> cannot wait. All right. Well, listen. He's we, a Liverpool fan, and he's upset. We will wrap it up there. Gentlemen, thank you. I love you. Thursday, we will be back. I said gentlemen, as in Steve and Jesse. Uh, To you, I say thank you so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. We will be back Thursday. It's going to be an interesting one. Very curious to see what happens with this Super League between now and then because I have a a feeling there's something fluid here, and I bet there's some sort of – here's how I believe this will end. UEFA and FIFA will somehow profit from this, but the players will probably not. Folks, we can. They will probably sign an agreement and work together within the framework. But their thing is like, we got the Champions League playing our damn Champions League. We're UEFA. We made this. You already have a league. And they're like, no. So I don't know. I'm very interested. Maybe they're sick of UEFA and FIFA. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they're shitty too. It's like, hey, if we're going to be shitty, at least we should profit from it. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? We're shitty anyway. We might as well make some money, right? (laughs) Like, and you got the hordes going, we've been through the worst year of our lives. Can we just watch some goddamn soccer? Right. Right. Yep. And it's like 20 rich people infighting. <laughs> Adam, are you, do, you, do you care about the next Leafs game? <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I yeah. thought I did. But then I was told I, that I do not. So, I thought I did too. Yeah, I, thought, I thought I cared. No, I, thought, I thought when the Leafs lost, I was disappointed. And when they won, I was excited. No, but no. I found out that that is not nearly enough. Mm-mm. Perspective, be damned. You got to poop, you poop your pants to care. <laughs> you are, you are with us or you're against us. And what, and what are you gonna be? Right? You're gonna care. You just gotta care. <laughs> we love you, Steve. Thank you so much. We'll see you Thursday. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.